name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Always an exciting passage to preach on. <laughs> the judgment seat of God. Just one little note uh, about the liturgy before I begin. At the embrace of peace, when we say, Christ is in our midst, he is and shall be, that's a spiritual greeting. It's not a time to socialize. Last time, I think a party broke out when we uh, <laughs> say, Christ is in our midst. It was like, yeah. <laughs> so the, it's a spiritual greeting. Christ is in our midst, he is and shall be. We love that. It's very important. But keep it a liturgical action. It's not a social action. It's a liturgical action. Just remember that. So today, we see this great passage that we read uh, as we approach Great and Holy Lent. Uh, we've gone through the uh, Zacchaeus and the Canaanite woman for desire. We've seen the uh, prodigal son in return, the publican and the Pharisee in repentance. Now we come to this, uh, this gospel text on the last judgment. And the church teaches the last judgment is all about love. It's all about love. Did you accept the love of God or did you reject the love of God? It's very simple. God loves you. God is love. God loves. Did you accept it or not? Okay, so that's our goal. So in a sense, who is the judgment on? It's on me. God loves me. God's loving me. It's on me to accept that love and respond to that love. So how do we do that? What's, what's our, what are our targets? And I was thinking about this. Uh, what's the first target we have when it comes to loving? Our first judgment. You know, we can look at this passage, and the first thing we think about is, you know, do I go out of my way to feed the poor, to take care of the hungry, and visit the prisoners, and, uh, and minister to the sick? Well, first and foremost, you have a primary obligation. It's to your family. How are you doing there? Because we can run out and do all kinds of great work. And where it really matters, down in the trenches with our family, we don't do too well. But perhaps we do. Hopefully we do. It's in that where our, where our first effort to love is made. You know, we are given our family for our salvation. That's what the family's for. It's for salvation. It's to save you. It's to show you where you need to work and you, where you need to do work with them. So this is our first and foremost obligation. It's, it's our first test. It's the first of done to the least of these. How do you do there? How are you doing there? It's the greatest challenge but it's also the greatest place you can grow. It's where you can find your true self. You 
can find yourself in your family. You can find it there. You know, it's so interesting to me that if you, as we look at this, we, um, we understand and can see where uh, God has brought us into moments where we, our, our Christianity is severely tested. And it's most severely tested in the family. Not out there. Not at work. Not with friends. Not in the community. It's most severely tested in the family. So let me read this. This is the most revealing text. St. John of Kronstadt. About love. In order to find out whether you love your neighbor in accordance with the gospel, take note of yourself when others offend you abuse you, mock you, or do not render respect to you due to you, which is customary, or when your subordinates are err or negligent. It sounds like a family to me. If you remain calm on such occasions and are filled with the spirit of, and are not filled with the spirit of enmity, hatred, and impatience, if you continue to love these per persons as much as previously, then you do love your neighbor in accordance with the gospel. But if you become irritable and angry and agitated, then you do not. So the work is there. That's where our first work is. If we miss this, we miss the essence of what God has given to us to save us. It's so easy to go out and, and love somebody where you can leave them. What do grandparents say? It's so great because I can love them and then I can leave them and I can take them away. They take them away. Okay? But when that person is continually there, as we would say, in your face, you have to deal with that. And God is saying, this is your salvation. This is where salvation is. I'm going to show you in this relationship where you, are, where you get angry where you'll get irritable, where you become impatient. So what can you do about that? So you can repent. And you can get better. You can repent and get better. It's not just to say, oh, well, that's why I am. That's just what this relationship's all about. Oh, you just make me angry, so I'm going to move apart. No. It's to, be, it's to force you into a place where you have to deal with yourself. You have to deal with yourself. Now, you can separate and move away, but that's not salvation. That's not where salvation is. So first and foremost, beloved, that's where you, we should be. That's our first test. That's our first least of these. Secondly, um, we see our friendships. And I was thinking about this as well uh, in regard to the gospel text. You know what we need to do in terms of loving, to love? We need to learn how to be a good friend. How are you doing with your friendship? Do you pay attention to your friends? Do you see them? Do you, are you concerned about them? Do you call them? Do you write them? Do you spend time with them? You need to do that. It's what a good friend is. I was reading in the texts, uh, in the scriptures, and in other quotes, uh, a friend imparts favor. 
A friend doubles your joy. A friend divides your sorrow. A friend becomes a second self. A friend is like the warmth of a sun. That's John Chrysostom, by the way. So we need to understand and see this, this sense of friendship as being a critical piece in this least of these. Am I a good friend? How am I doing in this? God loved me. God is my friend. He befriends me. Now I should, if I accept that love, that love of friendship, that filial love from God, then what should I do? I should love like a friend. I should find a friend and love that friend. And spend time with that friend. Think about that friend. Pray for that friend. So this becomes the other thing for us. And uh, thirdly, the uh, others in our community, others outside. And I want to encourage you in something that's very critical, and that is you need to look around in your life and see those people that God has placed in your life that he wants to have an effect on through you. He has, he's put people in your life there are people in your life right now, each of you, that God's placed there that, wants, that, that he wants to affect them through you. Who are they? We have that little sheet in the bulletin. You see, you see there, there's three, there's a name of the three names there. I want you to, at some point at the end liturgy, I'll, I'll give it the announcements. You write the three names down. You take those three names home and you tear the other things off. We're going to pray for them all during Lent. Those people that God has placed in your life that he has placed there because he wants to affect them through you. We need to pay attention to those people because God has done that. And you know, and you probably all know who they are, <laughs> even right away, maybe even family, whatever it might be, whoever that is, he's placed somebody in your life that he wants to affect through you. You're his hands. You're maybe his voice. What are you to them? But he wants to impart grace to them through you. So this is the other person. So we kind of look out a little bit. I'd like to conclude by looking at ourselves first. Uh, looking at ourselves and understanding that this gospel text also applies to you. Not just to those out there, but to you. So if we look at first our souls, our own individual souls. Your soul can be imprisoned by anger, resentment, bitterness, envy, sloth, jealousy. Do I need to go on? It's imprisoned. You imprison it. You keep it in prison, and it wants to be free from that. So part of our struggle, even during our Lenten season, is to break out of those things that imprison our souls, that, that we need to be looking at how we deal with these things. You know, I remember Father Richard, uh, and this is a funny moment in my relationship with him as my spiritual father, because he said uh, to me one time, he said, you know, 
he said, Father Nicholas, uh, do you know what the, this is right before Lent. He said, do you know what the, um, the goal of the ascetic life is? Do you know what the goal of fasting, alms, and prayer is and, and the work that we're to do ascetically? And Father Richard, by the way, as many of you may don't know this, he was a, a severe ascetic. He was as severe as I've ever seen. Really an interesting person. Because on the outward, you wouldn't notice that. But he was really hard on himself. And he was really generous with other people. Very beautiful uh, thing. So I said in my uh, pride, yes, I do, Father. It's to draw near to God and dwell in union with him. I felt like I was ascending the heights. He said, no, Father Nicholas, it's so you'll see your faults. Think about that. When you make an effort to pray, give alms, and fast, what do you see? How you fail. Your faults. You see your anger. You see your irritation. You see your impatience. You see your slothfulness. You see that. So here's the way Here's the time it is for us to repent. God gives us this. He's going to show you. It's like going to the doctor and saying, Doctor, I feel really bad here. Um, can you show me what's wrong? And God will say, yes, I'll show you what's wrong. So you can repent. You go to the doctor. You go to the doctor and he says, okay, here's the medicine. You, you get happy when you go to the doctor and he tells you what's wrong and you can be healed. We should do the same thing with God. When he shows us something wrong, we should repent and take the medicine, medicine of, of, of overcoming these, these passions in repentance and our confession to overcome these things, to clothe the soul with generosity, to clothe the soul with, um, um, with all righteousness. That should be our effort. We don't want to imprison it. We want to break it free. Break it free. And so too with the body. We can make the body sick with, with uh, overindulgence, with a lack of self-control. You know, it's very interesting that, you know, when I talk to people about the fast, it's, it's upcoming. We see this fast, and people are going, oh, I'm really glad the fast is coming because I'm so out of control. It's a good point in our life to understand that it's time to just kind of stop and, and look at all the stuff that I'm putting in. I'm a consumer. I'm consuming. And I need to be careful of what I'm taking in. And that means not just the belly. It means what do I take in here? 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 All that needs to be controlled, quieted, so that we are not allowing that sickness of overindulgence to overtake us. And then finally, uh, the mind. We need to understand that our mind hungers. Our mind hungers for God. It hungers for what is true, what is noble, what is just, what is pure, what is lovely, what is a good report. It hungers for those things. And what do we feed it with? What, does you, what do you think about? Think about that. What do, you, what do you feed your mind with? What kind of thoughts do you feed your mind with? 
idle thoughts, angry thoughts, what goes in there? Just things, things, other thoughts. Fill your mind with those other things, those good things. Again, from Father Richard, he told me, he said, your mind only has so much capacity, Father Nicholas. Fill it with good stuff. The more good stuff in there, the less bad stuff in there. So we need to understand that we are asked to free our soul from prison of the vices, to cleanse our soul from the sickness of overindulgence, and to free our mind from passionate thoughts and fill them with those things that are good, pure, lovely, and all that which is righteous. So may God help us this day as we approach this, our loving God, and may we respond to his love by loving others as he loved us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.